It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Always follow the, money. follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Top of the morning to you. Welcome in. It is Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard, live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. It's a shame we don't have anything to talk about today. Uh, the playoffs from last night, the NFL draft. We have great guests on the program coming up today. Michael Lombardi's in studio for a full hour. A little bit later on, uh, there is a wild card, potential wild card team picking in the twenties. They are the Minnesota Vikings. Paul Charchin is going to join us in forty-five minutes to talk about uh, what they're going to do. Could they trade up for a quarterback, Paulie? And uh, look, we're not going to spend two and a half hours on a single game last night in the NBA playoffs, but we could. Rest assured, we could. And that would be what took place with the Bucks losing in five games to the Heat. Yes, that is a sentence that I cannot believe that I just uttered. It was a total embarrassment, and I'm a little disappointed here. It's bright and early, 4 o'clock in the morning Pacific time. I'm, I'm disappointed in one thing, that Mike Budenholzer, there are no reports yet that he's been fired. There is no way, no how you can continue with this. There are so many things and so many flaws from last night's game that we can pick apart. But my God, for those of you who watch... Uh, the playoffs every single night. Again, I said this the other night. You could see it coming. Uh, I was lucky to grab the the Heat of 11, 12 to 1 in play, and that was when they were down five with, I think, four minutes to go in the game. Just the no hyperbole here, folks. As bad as I can ever remember for a team losing a game and completely imploding up 16, and they just played like peak third quarter basketball, like championship basketball. Yeah, That's the team that can win the entire thing, and then they lost their damn minds. Yep. And the game. Fourth biggest upset in the history of the NBA playoffs. Yeah, and the sixth time a one seed beat an eight. Was that one of the worst performances you'll ever see by a coach? How many things he did wrong or didn't do? He challenged something he was going to lose in the first four minutes of the game, yes. Paul. Yes, think about that. Yep. When Holiday hit a, a, made a basket with seven minutes left, they then made two field goals over the next 11 minutes. 
Look at this. I mean, right. This is the John Schumann tweet. The Bucks with double-digit leads in the fourth quarter. Regular season, 47-2. and They just lost back-to-back games in the playoffs. Up 16, entering the fourth, and up 12 with six minutes. Okay. Oh, God. So they led again by 16 points at the end of the third quarter. After that, Bam Adebayo, Kevin Love, and Kyle Lowry all fouled out of the game. The free throws last night. The Bucks shot 45. The Heat shot 17. The the Bucks down by two gave the ball to Grayson Allen. Nine seconds on the clock. They couldn't even get a shot off. I know. And I don't. Okay. I, I don't even know what takes the cake with Bud's decision making. Yes. You had the guy who could have won Defensive Player of the Year. He finished second with a bunch of first place votes. Brooke Lopez. Mm-hmm. You took him off the court, up by two. Last possession for Miami in regulation, and they ran that play where Drew Holiday was on Jimmy Butler for the alley-oop, and he got the guy who challenged more shots than anybody and wasn't even close in the league this year is off the court, and that's what he does, the rim protection. He's not in the game. Uh, Yep. Blown away at how bad that was. No timeout at the end of regulation, too. You have that in your pocket. Twitter Twitter was great. It's like, wait a second. It said Milwaukee had a timeout, but oh. I couldn't believe it. They, you didn't even get a shot off Paul, there. They had two. Yeah. Two when Grayson Allen had the ball. No timeout. They had one with .5 to advance. .5, it. yeah. Never did 0.5, that. .5, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. You can also rip Freak as well, but I, I, that's from that's Boonholzer, and that's also the organization. Number one, it came out that Freak could have played in game three, and the organization decided, nah, sit out game three. And then as a the former defensive player of the year, in a top five defensive player in the league, how do you not go to the team during this series and say, I'm, t- I'm covering Butler? Sorry, I'm covering. Co- Boonholzer's got to do it. But the, we, we've done this before do it. with this team. Drew Holiday so, was so bad. Yeah. Couldn't uh, guard yeah, Jimmy, Bu- Jimmy Buckets to save his life. But to get beat in five, and, and it's just, what a debacle. And then freak after the game, the season's not a failure. I mean, come on. The free throw disparities you talked about, the, the, the meltdowns as well, the blown leads, and... Uh, well, he was and, 10 and, of 23 from yeah. the line. Yeah. It's unacceptable. Well, that w- that's terrible, no doubt. How about following Struess late in the game? Uh, he got bailed out that he missed one of them. Yeah. Uh, he was 3 of 12 shooting the fourth quarter in overtime. His decision not to say, you just you just stand up right there and say, I got this. How about? Well, I'm taking on Butler. He should have done it in the last game after he torches you for 56. How about the weird like pull-ups from Giannis going down to him on the low block? Why not let him work downhill? Get him the ball at the three-point line and let him attack the rim like that. Uh, everybody was in foul trouble. Not that that was going to be a good thing because then he was going to go miss his free throws anyway. Uh, again, the Heat became the sixth team in the history of the NBA to score 119-plus points in five consecutive playoff games. They were last in scoring the in the regular season. That's how bad That's, this was defensively. Okay. And again, the open threes last night just absolutely killed them. Sure. How big of an upset is this, truly? What do you think? Because they, they were the one seed last year. And they were one Butler shot away from going to the finals. Oh, I don't think last year has anything to do with no. it this year. But they, I know, but they did return most of the team. The, the just regular, and Butler says, I don't turn it on until playoff time. I mean, it's certainly a shock that they do it in five, which paid 55 to one at DraftKings, by the way. Well, I, but, I, but when you really examine and look at it, they, they were the one seed last year. Yeah, but there's no Tyler Hero. Uh-huh. The Bucks' power rating is to the moon. Yeah. They did it in five. You're looking at this right here. Again, the fourth biggest series upset in history. Nuggets over the Sonics. They were minus 2,000. Warriors over the Ma- The difference here, Paul, 
Again, the Heat did it in five games. And I can go back. I On the year during the bubble, I said over and over and over again, that that season, it was a horrible matchup for the Bucs. And I bet the Heat every which way in that series. I bet them in a sweep at 75-1. to 1. I bet them then to win in five at 28-1. to 1. So they were, they were double this year. And I would agree with that. I, this, this is a much, much bigger upset this year than it was during the bubble. I anticipated the Heat to beat the Bucks in the Hubble. Yeah. Uh, the bubble. It was a terrible matchup for Milwaukee. You also had the uh, issues. I mean, Milwaukee was. Remember, they wanted to forfeit that game. Yeah. And, and what they so t- talking about coming out of nowhere though, which is what what they were because they were they were in the play-in game, and that's when I said I'd be shocked if they lost. They got beat by double digits against the Hawks. How bad did they look? And if you want to blame anybody, blame the Chicago Bulls. And then the next day with their season on the line at home, the Bulls led late. And, and Miami pulled that game out. But the 25th in offensive rating, 26th in field goal percentage, and 27th in three-point percentage in the regular season. And, and that, now they're number one in all the categories. And that team just beat the favorite to win the whole thing in five games. See, here's here's the one thing, and I get I grabbed couple things. I did bet the Bucks to win the series before the game. I got and I could have lost both these bets, but I could see it coming again. So I grabbed the Heat 11-12 to 1 in play to win the game last night. I wanted to lose that bet cuz I got news for you. Why I wanted a 6th game That's Friday right. in Miami? The, I thought the same thing. I, I would I would have been I would have emptied accounts on and I was I'm not just talking about Heat plus the points. It would have been Heat money line and it would have been Heat on alternate points. So I would have bet the Heat all the way up to like minus 7 8 9 and a half. Because I, th- I think they were going to blow out the Bucks at home, and right. that would that would have been right. it. And also, we no more chance to bet another over. That's right. That's right. They never adjusted with never, the total. Never adjusted the total. The total. I know. Incredible. Astonished by that. Yeah. God knows what it was at the start of the quarter, but after. Oh, it got to the high. And, and I missed it, but I I saw two fifty and a half at one point for in play. Yeah. How about how about money line when they were down sixteen? Oh, that I have no. I idea. didn't see that. Right. No. But well, that, after three minutes, you're like, oh boy, here yeah, we go here we again. Go again. All of a sudden, you can't score. And the crap that they run on offense, we're just freaking a corner, taking a turnaround early in the shot clock. What are you doing? How bad Holiday was. But still, the, the, uh, they, they got it right because they, well, well, they didn't get it right, but they had to go to the jump ball. The horrendous call on Lowry, on Middleton. Oh, yes. But, I mean, you shoot a 45-17 to 17 free throw disparity and you still lose the game at See, all, he, and you're up 16. I mean, this is an all-timer, and it, you're exactly right. The guy needs to go today. Today, that is between everything you ran down, all the you made like 10 mistakes. Yeah. One, but, in one game, but he won't because it's oh golly gee shocks. Huh? Our neighbors are so nice; they're going to get a cup, a cup yeah. of sugar tonight. That's who, that's what it is in that state. They will not fire this guy as the head coach. He needs to be gone by the end of the show today. Has to be, and he probably won't be. Um, the the Giannis and I love him. In fact, being from that state, Giannis is up here uh, in terms of athletes who I adore and absolutely. Uh, he is so far ahead of Aaron Rodgers. And Brett Favre, I can't even tell you how much I like this guy more than those guys. You got it, Paul. When that jump ball goes to him, it's hot potato time. He could not. He threw it out of bounds. Yeah. He's like, I can't. Don't give it to me. I don't want. I can't have the ball. The phrase would be brick city from the line. The, I know. the I quote guess. best player in the NBA is Shaq. He can't touch the ball. I know. You, I, I, you got to pull him at some point. Yeah. It just it kills me to watch that. Yep. Yep. And everything went their way the year they won the title, and that's that's the Boonholzer would have been gone that year, but everyone they were they were not beating the Nets. They got destroyed in the first two games. Yeah. Then Kyrie and Harden got hurt, and they rallied to win that series. And then Trey Young got hurt, and then they upset the Sixers, and then uh, you know yep. yada yada. I'll give you another one too. 
the Lakers have to take care of the Grizzlies in Game 6. Yeah. Because you saw what kind of power rating the Grizzlies can play to last night uh, at home. Well, They're a totally different team. Yeah. Well, let me just say this, and that's here's where I made the mistake with this series. I did not factor in how big of a coaching mismatch it was going to be, Spolstra against Bud. But, you know, l- listen... Uh, the Laker Nation's all over the guy, and rightfully so. Ham's doing a bad job. Oh, he really is. What are you doing playing Brown and some of these? It's a one-point game. Why are you just changing your rotation and, ch- and taking Davis off the floor? Why it was did, a beast. Why did Davis come off the court? What was Pam doing? It's a one-point game that escalated to double digits before you could blink. And that was it. And that was it. So, yeah, you're right. They have the best home record. And now, what, 24, 25 consecutive losses when they're road dogs? LeBron was awful. Uh, so that you, they better win Friday. But that's just, the, the coaching is so important. And I can't believe the mistakes that these guys are made at the professional level. Yeah, I mean. And, Even and what the Celtics what, did. What, yeah, what, maybe, what, maybe maybe we should send a double team at Trey Young. Look, or when we brought in, brought in David Thorpe to preview the playoffs, his biggest, he was laughing at Darvin Ham. He's like, I don't know what he's going to he do in the series. He thought it was a mismatch. Yeah. Yep. We'll recap more of last night's betting action with win some, lose some. Paulie already mentioned 55 to 1 in that series. Well, there was a 45 to 1 that came in on that game. Details coming up here on VSIN. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. 
And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today. Get a daily email recapping all the best bets from every host and guest. Unlimited access to the VSEN.com slash picks page. Sort by sport, matchup, date, and more. Betting splits, pro picks, power ratings, 24-7 video access. Dog videos, 999 slash subscribe. Get up there. All right, more NFL draft here. Our good buddy Paul Charchian joins the program. KFan Radio up in Minneapolis. Uh, where the Vikings are holding the 23rd pick overall in tonight's draft. Good morning, Charge. How are you today, pal? I'm doing great. It's been too long. It's been since the Super Bowl. I've missed you guys. Yeah, same here. Back at you, buddy. So for, I want to say, weeks, it was thought of that the Vikings could actually be a potential trade-up team here to go from 23 to, you name the number, for a potential quarterback, maybe like a Hendon Hooker. Is there any way that they do that tonight? Unlikely. 10% chance the Vikings trade up. They only will trade up for a quarterback. That's the only scenario. And and if you want to trade for a quarterback, you got to go quite a bit, probably into the 10, 12 range at the bottom. If it turns out that the guy you like slips to that point, but probably not. Um, It's 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 very unlikely. Part of the problem is the Vikings only have five draft picks. So they they have very little equity to give this year. They'd have to trade future assets. Those are always less valuable to the receiving team. And they only move up for quarterback. That's it's a tough spot. Ten percent chance this this Viking team moves up. And Kirk Cousins on the last year of his deal. Let me make note of this because if you're if you're not here, you probably don't know the nuances of this. Cousins wants to stay and asked to be have a really a career-ending contract extension that would let him finish as a Viking. The Vikings weren't interested, so mm, they uh. they they wouldn't do it. Um, and and they asked him to take a one year, an additional one year deal. He wouldn't do that, which he shouldn't at his age. So they're, they're loggerheads at quarterback. So there is a scenario where they, they do want a quarterback. Uh, but I think the guy that they would have to get is going to be too expensive for them to move from 23. Could, could they move back and take a quarterback? No. My understanding is the quarterbacks they want or quarterback they want is not somebody that's going to be after, going to be below them. It's not Hendon Hooker. Uh, and it's not anybody who's going to fall below them is my understanding. Okay. Thank you. So if they hold tight at 23, like what's their, you know, the perfect scenario here? Players that could be on the board. I think it was Peter Schrager today, NFL Network, who mocked Bijan Robinson to 23. I'm like, you know, that would be a typical Vikings draft pick because they've had so many great skilled players drop to them in previous drafts. But who do you think it would be? It's not going to be Bijan Robinson. They have $17 million sitting in the running back position right now, which is absurd because they... <laughs> They gave a bad contract to Alexander Madison. They gave him an $8 million a year contract for a guy, terrific human being, but a totally <laughs> replacement level running back. And so that was a mistake, I believe. And Dalvin Cook's still on roster. Yeah, right. uh, he will almost certainly not be a Viking by the time camp opens. Might not be even, even a Viking in 24 hours, Dalvin Cook. Uh, but still, I think it's it's very unlikely the Vikings go B. John Robinson. It'd be thrilling if it did. More likely scenario. Joey Porter, if he drops a little bit from projections at cornerback, makes sense. Deontay Banks makes sense. Also, the cornerback from Maryland. He's the player most frequently mocked to the Vikings, and he makes a ton of sense. Fills a serious positional need, a cornerback for Minnesota. Um, and if they, if it's possible 
This Mississippi State cornerback, Emmanuel Forbes, is a fascinating option for them. If you if you want a crazy athlete who looks like a track star playing football, but has got 14 interceptions and six touchdowns in, in his college career, Emmanuel Forbes could make sense as well. And then if they hold, if it's not cornerback, it'll be defensive tackle. Really, the two big positions for the Vikings, cornerback, defensive tackle, massive, massive glaring need at those spots. Okay, so do you think that would be worth a bet? Like, as you can draft all these teams, what position are, are they going to take with their first-round pick? What, are, what did you see defensive line at for the Vikings? Yeah, the cornerback is plus 200, which I don't love. But the, what I do like, the first draft pick is a defensive lineman. This is a bet available, I know, at DraftKings. That's plus 450. The Vikings are desperate at defensive tackle. And if they trade down, they could still go get a defensive tackle. Like Mozzie Smith interests me a lot as somebody they could get later in the first round or early second round. So you can win on defensive tackle with the team moving up a little bit for a tackle, staying at 23 to tackle, moving down for a tackle. And they also have problems at defensive end. Zedarius Smith, their starting defensive end, wants to leave the team. And Daniil Hunter, the other defensive end, is bitching about his contract again, despite the fact that he's constantly hurt and he's a low-production player. So the Vikings have issues there, too. So defensive end's not totally off the board here either. So plus 450, Vikings' first draft pick is a defensive lineman. Follow the money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Paul Charchin, our guest, KFAN Radio up in Minneapolis. You want to cr- draw a line through safety. And the reason why I'm asking you that, because... Uh, I've looked at, I don't even know how many mock drafts, and a bunch of people who have been good at this, by the way, mm-hmm. in previous years, keep putting Brian Branch, safety, Alabama, number 23 to the Vikings. Well, in recent days, Vikings to draft a safety first overall was 100 to 1. Yeah, it, it's not happening. It's, okay. uh, I'd be stunned. They put a first round pick into the safety position last year, Lewis Seen from Georgia. Now, he probably went out and broke his leg, so they didn't get anything out of him last year. Uh, but he's already healthy back and he's ready for offseason workouts. So Lewis Seen is back. And then they extended Harrison Smith, their the Hall of Fame bound safety, for another couple of years. So safety is very, very unlikely here to be the first pick. Okay, excellent. How about some other props that you like? My favorite bet of the day. Okay. Cincinnati to take a running back with their first pick. It's plus 850. Plus 850. The biggest need on the entire Bengals roster is running back. Joe Mixon's completely cooked, and he's getting you know, the legal trouble is a whole other thing as well. But just style, you know, just looking at him run last year, dude's done. They let Samaj P. Ryan walk in free agency because they knew. Running back help was coming in this draft, and they were going to get somebody special, somebody better than Samaje Pirine. So they let Pirine walk. He's gone. So now we know, I believe, Jameer Gibbs is going to be sitting there right in this range. Robinson's probably gone, but if Robinson slides, obviously that'd be perfect for Cincinnati. But Jameer Gibbs is insane. He's so good. And get this, the Jameer the Jameer Gibbs odds of him being a first rounder is minus 205. So the betting public strongly believes Jameer Gibbs is going to go in the first round. The most obvious landing spot for him is Cincinnati. If I take Cincinnati to take a running back with the first pick, I'm not getting minus 205. I'm getting plus 850. You see the overlay here I'm talking about. I mean, Gibbs is an amazing, game-changing running back. He's Alvin Kamara, but young and and like less likely to punch a guy in the face. This is a this is a well, great opportunity. There's also there's, okay, you love that one. There's also this. So what if Gibbs is gone? What if he goes like 26 yeah. to the Cowboys? Okay, 
That doesn't mean this team does still couldn't go running back. You know, UCLA running back Zach Charbonnet is fascinating. By the way, you could take him to go in the first round at plus 1,100. No, no. And I know that running backs are very out of vogue as first round picks. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about the, the very end of the first round. And this is a crazy great running back draft. Charbonnet is a total beast. He's a six foot, 222 pound wrecking ball, dragging slappies behind him for six yards at a crack. His after his yards after contact, 4.2. He ran for seven yards per carry last year and scored 39 touchdowns. And I could see Cincinnati pivoting to Zach Charbonnet if it turns out that that they can't necessarily get Jameer Gibbs. So something Gibbs to Cincinnati makes a ton of sense. And if I had to put like one player on one team in the second half of this draft, I would put Gibbs on Cincinnati. But the betting approach, again, Cincinnati first player running back plus 850. What are your thoughts on the division now with the Lions, the favorites, and the Packers, the longest shot to win the division? Lions should be the, the favorite right now. The, the way they played at the end of the year, they beat the Vikings down the stretch. They beat the, the Packers in their winning in game down the stretch. I mean, this is a team nobody nobody wants to face right now. It's young. It's talented. Everybody loves the coach. They got so much mojo going, and they were doing a lot of what they were doing at the end of last year, missing a lot of good players who were hurt as well. Like the offseason moves that they've made so far, especially shoring up cornerback, which was a big need for them. And then you give the Lions two first-round draft picks as well. and. Yeah, the Lions feel like they are they are a, the appropriate betting favorite right now. How have you guys been discussing Aaron Rodgers on KFAN there in Minneapolis? Did you guys actually want him? We only have like a minute left here. Did you want Rodgers to stick around because of how poorly he played last year? Yes. We, you know, we, you know, we've had to suffer through 15 great years, you know, MVP caliber years. We enjoyed watching Aaron Rodgers last year. Meltdown on the field, sailing balls all over the place, the lack of arm strength, dude looked cooked. I wanted to see that team, that organization go down with Aaron Rodgers, all the weirdness and everything else, the tor- him torturing his fan base. It was delicious to watch that here from Minnesota, and I'm sorry it's gone. <laughs> They're going to be better with Jordan Love. They might be better with Jordan Love this year. If they really, I, And I think that's part of why they agreed to make the deal. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. He is at Paul Charchi, and have fun. Today on radio, all day and tomorrow up there in Minneapolis. And uh, enjoy the draft tonight, buddy. Thanks, my friends. Bye-bye. Thank you. Be good. Good to talk to you. There you go. All right, if he hits one of those, you're in business. I mean. Hope it comes in. 11 to 11. Now, that's a fresh hot take. uh, Three. Uh, if that about, comes in, we'll, we'll buy him a steak wherever right. he wants. Well, how about the running backs now? Over one and a half minus three dollars. Minus three dollars now. <laughs> All right. Oh, God. Oh, by the way, along with the NFL draft, we also have some huge playoff games coming up uh, tonight. We'll discuss them next here on Beeson. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NBA. And during the playoffs, all customers can get a no-sweat bet on any NBA same-game parlay. When you opt in, use code VEASAN when you sign up. Got to be 21. Available to play in select states. DraftKings.com for full details. Our next guest has been doing this for a long, long time. Mike Dettelier, WWL in New Orleans, covering the NFL Draft, that league in general, the SEC, SaintsReport.com as well. Uh, he joins us a lot throughout the entire football season and every year around this time as well. Uh, it's good to talk to you today again, sir. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you, guys. You bet. Safe to assume, obviously, that the draft begins at number two tonight. I mean, I 
listening to stuff on the way in today, it still seems like a, a total crapshoot. At this point, uh, 11 and a half hours before the first pick is taken in the draft, and then Texans are on the board. Assuming they ki- keep that pick, Mike, who do they go with at number two? I think they go Tyree Wilson, defensive end from uh, Texas Tech. Um, again, it's a potential pick here uh, because when watching him, has he been an, the most dominant guy out on the field? Oh, boy, he's, he's got the looks of it. In that he's prototypical of what you're looking at as a pass rush defensive end. And uh, look at the head coach in D'Amico Rines. Uh, I think that that there's some pull there. And I think they are going to roll the dice a little bit. Uh, They are not sure of any of the quarterbacks being picked at two. And I think they have the philosophy we can't get a pass rusher like Wilson. Now, for me, it would be Will Anderson mm-hmm. because I think production does say something at that level. But I think they go Wilson. But on the flip of that, I think they believe that one of those quarterbacks will fall out of the top 10 and they can grab them. Do you believe this? A GM said there's no one worth trading up for when asked about trading the second or third overall picks, and Texans and Cardinals might want to trade down but teams aren't tra- looking to trade up with them. Do you think we'll, that's true? And maybe we don't see a lot of trades tonight. I, I think that's absolutely correct, especially in the top eight or nine. I, I really believe where the trades may start is like from 10 to 22, where you'll see a number of trades. But I think most teams feel as though, hey, I would like to trade back. I just can't find a partner at this stage. The intrigue is also at three for me. Okay. And listen, other than Kyler Murray, I don't think I've ever gotten the Cardinals pick right. <laughs> and who knows what the hell they do yeah. with it. That could be a real wild card here. Because if it goes uh, Bryce Young, Tyree Wilson, man, Will Anderson to me would be an absolute perfect fit there. But they also have to understand about protecting their quarterback. Would they go Paris Johnson Jr. here, the offensive tackle from Ohio State? And and I do know Collar has lobbied for yep. offensive linemen. That also is as intriguing to me as in two because it would make sense to go with Will Anderson. But we haven't seen a lot of things that the Cardinals do that made a lot of sense to begin <laughs> yeah, with. No kidding. Right. Well, well then, yeah, yeah. yeah, so many follow-ups then. Uh-huh. Okay, so if that's the case, and they would go offensive linemen, uh, on the clock would be the Colts. Certainly the thinking here is quarterback then. And then in this scenario, Mike, it would be Levis and Stroud uh, both available. Which guy would they take? I think they go Will Levis. Uh, I, think, I do believe that uh, he fits what they're looking at. And uh, I think they go with Levitz. I will say this. I think all of them. Uh, Bryce is ready for prime time. Just because of who he's had to play against. And no rookie quarterback is really ready. But he's about as close as you can get to. But when you look at a Will Levis and some of the other guys that you might throw into that bunch, C.J. Stroud, uh, Anthony Richardson, those three aren't ready for prime time yet. You got a very impatient owner here. <laughs> Will Will Levis better have some thick hide to go in there because 
they're going to expect him to not hold a clipboard early. He's going to have to play. And when you pick these quarterbacks this high, you can say what you want. You have a lot of internal and external play uh, pressure to play them and play them quickly. Uh, that that's a lot to put on the plate of a young quarterback. Yeah, no question. Mm-hmm. Mike Detillier, our guest, SaintsReport.com, WWL in New Orleans. Okay, so then if we get to the Seahawks at number five, and again, this would mean that Will Anderson is available, Jalen Carter, who is now the heavy betting favorite to go there. But either way, let's say Anderson goes two, Wilson goes two. So one of those guys would be available at five. Do the Seahawks go Jalen Carter, or would they take the edge guy in Wilson or Anderson? I think they go Jalen Carter. Uh, you know, Pete has dealt with guys uh, like Jalen. And really, for me, Jalen Carter's my top-rated player in this draft class. Mm-hmm. Now, he's got a couple asterisks next to it, and, and, I, and I get it. Uh, he's not a bad guy, but sometimes he doesn't do good things. And he's one of the two guys in this draft class that's got what I would call the talent knob. He's got that ability to take that talent, and you hear the click, click. When he wants to do something and he's motivated, he takes over a game. Just slip on that Georgia-Tennessee game. He totally mm-hmm. changed it mm-hmm. with a couple, three plays in that game. He took over. It was almost like, I got enough of it. Uh, uh, it okay, it's on my shoulders now. Can you get him to do that on a consistent basis? I think is the real key here. But, you know, Pete Carroll's handled players – with similar type backgrounds with them. I think it's not about talent here at all. It's about can you get him to play up to his consistent level. I see the floor with Jalen Carter. For most people, you can't see the ceiling. He's that good, but he doesn't play that way all the time. You've been doing this 36 years. You're also intrigued by Robinson. Where, where do you think of his game and where could he go? Man, um, he will have the biggest impact, the quickest of any player in this draft class because of what he can do. He's a, he can run inside. He's also got the speed to hit the edge. He catches the ball. He's the best receiver on the Texas football team last year, and he's a really good pass protector. He's the full package. Now, we've seen the devaluation of running back over the last few years. But, man, if I'm Atlanta and I look at this, what can get me better quicker? It's Bijan Robinson. And early on, do I know everything I need to know about Desmond Ritter at this stage? The answer is no. Mm-hmm. Desmond Ritter, along with Drake London and Kyle Pitts, give me quite a threesome there. And I've gotten much better on defense through veteran free agency. Um, man, if I'm the Falcons, it's difficult for me to pass them. Uh, so if I'm Atlanta, I would take B. John Robinson. I, if he falls past there, New England would be the soft spot. Because if you look at the way Belichick plays, it would make a lot of sense oh, yeah. there. Now, he's yeah. always been sort of running back by committee, other than the one time he had Corey Dillon years yeah. ago. But, man, B. Sean Robinson's special. He's a special football player. And you got to understand how he could dominate play 
uh, for the next four to five years. He's that special a back. How about the other quarterbacks, Mike? Richardson, Hooker, and Stroud. I think um, Richardson takes a little bit more of a tumble than some people think. I think he falls out of the top ten. I think Stroud uh, will will get selected in the top ten, somewhere there. And I I think Hendon Hooker goes in the top 20 picks. Wow. Top 20. Okay. That'd be something. Nolan Smith, top 10? Nolan Smith, I think, goes in the top 10. Again, pass rushers are a premium. And, boy, his makeup as a player. Now, you got to find the right spot for Nolan because, really, he's better off playing as a 3-4 outside linebacker. But, man, he he is an unbelievable athlete, and when he's been healthy – He's a dominant football player out on the field. Yeah, you can follow Mike on Twitter. He is at Mike Detillier, D-E-T-I-L-L-I-E-R. He's awesome on this, been doing it for a long time. SaintsReport.com, WWL in New Orleans. Thanks so much for the time. As always, friend, enjoy the event tonight. All right, guys, y'all take care. Yep, Thank be you, good. sir. Yeah, I'm with him. I think Paris Johnson goes third. I think that's going to happen, although he is right about you. Good luck trying to figure out Arizona. Hooker, top 20. Hello. Oh, that'd be something. That's fall off the couch if that happens. As he said, uh, 36 years? 36 years. And he said he thinks that maybe he's gotten one Cardinals pick right <laughs> yes. in the entire time? Yeah. And that was Kyle yeah. Murray? Well, I hope he's right. I hope, he, I hope he's right with all his predictions. All right. Let's right, so follow the money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. More draft coming up in about 20 minutes. Michael Lombardi is going to be with us in studio. Uh, we'll get more into the rumors and uh, recap a little bit of what took place last night in the crazy NBA playoffs. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Always follow, follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSEN. Welcome in here on NFL Draft Day. It is Follow the Money on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, Paulie Howard live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. And for the next hour, VSIN host and longtime NFL executive Michael Lombardi is going to be with, uh, with us in studio, which we can't wait for. How are you today, sir? I am great. I am really great. It's a great day. It's an interesting day. I was just telling Paulie, all these notes, I mean, you should keep them. Springsteen has like an archives. You might want to think about doing that too, you know? <laughs> all these notes you write every day. Uh, I uh, I think this draft's a lot like the 13 draft. Paulie and I were just talking about it. Eric Fisher, first pick overall in the draft. You know, there were so many blown picks in that draft, including one we made in Cleveland with, with uh, uh, Bar- Barcavius Mingo, Jokel, Deion Jordan. I mean, this draft is very... Now, it doesn't have the quarterback element to it, but it has a lot of, I mean, this is the Geno Smith draft, but it doesn't have that quarterback element, but it's really kind of, that's what it is. And I, I really want to make this clear. I don't think you can criticize any team for their pick because I think it's in the eye of the beholder, right? So, well, you shouldn't have, you should have taken him later. Really? Like everybody sees this draft completely different. So how can you make that statement? Yeah. We have so many well cards across the board. Yeah. yeah. It let the teams, let, let it play out. Let's see if he does. Well, I mean, what makes Mel right? Right? Anybody going back and research Mel's drafts? Yeah, in previous years. <laughs> Horrendous. Oh, yeah. Some of the no stuff he had so, to say. Well, like, to your point, there was a, there's a GM who said, I only have a first-round grade on 15 guys. I think that's right. So, I, I said between 17 and 20, I, I would lean the under there. I think that's true. I think this is a draft that kind of falls off. And when you're picking, say, seven, 18 to 50, you're getting the same player in terms of value. You're paying way more, but you're getting the same player. And I think it'll be hard for teams to trade around there. Because that, that's nobody wants to pay that freight of the 21, 22. I mean, the fifth-year option, Chase Young didn't get it yesterday. Do you yeah, think any of these yeah. guys are going to get fifth-year options? Yeah. Good call. Well, okay, so then to yeah. go back completely to 2013, 10 years ago now, do you recall how many players you had a first-round grade on, or what was the consensus back then? It, you know, we only had about, really about 12. Oh, is that right? Yeah, so it's it was very a bad similar. draft, and wow. we made a huge mistake. We should have traded down to pick Trufant, had a chance to do it. The Rams were trying to trade up to get Tavion Wilson. Can you imagine that? I mean, you know, we turned that trade down. We should have traded down, you know, and, and picked a couple other players. But, you know, this was a draft that didn't have an elite player. I mean, D. Milner was supposed to be the elite corner in the draft. He never really played. 
It's an inexact science, to say the least. It's very difficult. We don't know what the hell's going to happen at number two uh, on well, the day of. Yeah. Well, think about uh, how we're starting the draft. This isn't getting enough attention. We're starting off the draft with a 5'11 quarterback. Well, they, uh, today's got, today's yeah. football, though, with what just happened to Tua, Baker could post this guy up. <laughs> and we're starting. But Baker doesn't have half this guy's instincts. Sure, oh, sure, sure. You know, and Baker never played college as well as this guy. When you watch Baker in college, especially against Georgia, when Georgia played man-to-man against him and forced him to throw the ball outside the numbers, he struggled. He struggled with his pocket awareness. And I said it when Baker came out. Like, I wasn't a Baker fan because I didn't think he could see. The number one thing Baker said coming to the side, I didn't see you open. That's what he's been saying in pro football. There's no rhythm to him. I, I You know, I was driving in here this morning and talking to people on the East Coast, and somebody called me and said, they think Will Levis is going to go too. I, I don't know. I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he did because I do think we can't minimize the owner's impact on drafting. Okay. Well, I think these owners really hate to get ripped. They hate to see like, you know, why wouldn't we take this guy? We need a quarterback. Why don't we take it? And I mean, I, I, I could see him taking Levis and then I could see the Colts maybe take it Stroud. I don't know. I think that's a hard one. What, what would you do? Who are you pounding the table for then if you're running – the organization, and you have the second pick. I'm taking Jalen Carter. He's, just, he's the best player in the draft. Now, we've got some issues with character uh-huh. off the field, but look, nobody said it was going to be easy. You know, when you're dealing, you have to have a plan for the player when you bring him in. Nothing's easy. You know, you got to say, okay, here we, here's what we're going to do. We're going to mentor you. I mean, you got to have players on your team that can help you handle that guy. That guy's too talented. They don't come around every now and then. I will ask you this, because the thought is, well, like you just said, we can't touch this guy, right? The, the off-the-field stuff. What, overall, uh, in a month from now, in two years from now, whatever timetable you want to put on it, what's the difference between being okay with him at number seven or number eight and saying, we can't take him at number three or four no, or none, none. And really what it's going to come down to, I think whatever team he goes to, if there's a player on the team that's a little bit be- that's better than him, then he's driven by being the best player. Now, he's, understand, he's not exactly the hardest worker, but when you read, his, when you read about him, he's motivated by being the best player. And, you know, he's going to be a little bit like a typical defensive lineman. They kind of go back and forth. I mean, it's it, it, look, coaching defensive linemen in the National Football League is not an easy job. You know, it's a little bit like a lion tamer. you got to kind of whip those. you got to get them going. You think coaching Warren Sapp was easy? Mm-hmm. But Warren Sapp, when he was going now, humming, it was good. How are you juggling all these people you know and your incredible contacts and connections and all your years doing this with how the betting odds are moving and you're being a VSIM host? Well, I mean, like I, when I did the, to me, the Bryce Young wasn't about what people told me, it was about what I saw. So to me, that was, like, that was too obvious that Bryce Young was the best quarterback in the draft. Like, I, once you study the tape, that was obvious to me. So, and then once you hear different things, the problem is I don't have any feeling that it's true. You know, I don't know yeah. if Paris Johnson's really going to. Does it fit Monty Ossendorf? Yeah, it kind of does. The fact that Kyler Murray wants him, that makes sense. The fact that they can't block anybody in Arizona, that makes sense too. So, I think you got to kind of play it around. And, and I think what you try to do is really break, like Atlanta taking a running back. Why would they take a running back? Did anybody watch Atlanta with Cordell Patterson and Huntley and the kid from BYU? I mean, they were good at running back. That's the one strength of their team. Like, I, I love B. John Robinson, but that uh-huh. doesn't do anything for them. Okay. Do you think they could go quarterback? No, I think they'll go a defensive player. Defensive line? I think so. But, you know, but again, they need a quarterback. Like, how do they not need a quarterback, too? Of course. You know, I mean, how the, how can they turn their noses up? But I don't understand the logic. They loved they loved Deshaun last year, and would have Deshaun on their team today if Cleveland didn't make that guaranteed offer. Right, he would be a he would yep. be a Falcon today. 
Hmm. And now they don't want Lamar. That makes no sense to me at all. I would totally agree with that. So let's backtrack here for a second. When you said on your way in today, and we're talking hmm. to Michael Lombardi here on Follow the Money, it's Visa and the Sports Betting Network. You're talking to people on the East Coast, and they're telling you it could be Levis at number two. I've heard everything at number right. two overall. So is that Houston making the pick at number two? Or would that be a team trading up to get Levis? That I don't know. Okay. I, and I can't. I just can't believe the value of trading up to get Levis. Like, I don't understand why you have... Like, I don't think the Colts want to move anywhere because the Colts are basically saying, look, each of these guys besides Bryce Young have problems with them. So why would I give up more assets to go get them? If I take Richardson at four, if I take Stroud at four, they have pro- they're different problems, but they all have problems. Somebody's going to make it to the Colts, whether it's Will Levis, Richardson, or Bryce Young. Somebody's going to no, somebody's going to make it or Stroud. Somebody has to be there for them. Has to be. They, you know, nobody can. You know, he's, they're going to get if if it goes four quarterbacks in a row, which is highly unlikely. Uh-huh. Somebody's going to get there. Now, would it Arizona trade out? Maybe. I mean, Seattle's trying to trade out. I wrote about this in Vison. They would like to get picks for next year. Can they do it? I don't know. Yeah. Because I think what you said is what happens. Are you paying for this? What are you paying for? You know, some of these teams picking at 12, do they really want to go up and get it? I think you'll see more movement to get up in the second round than you'll see to get up in the first. How big of a deal is it that Stroud tanked the test? And then what, and who would who, who leaked that? I don't know who leaked that. I think that's really sad that they did. Okay. Uh, but, you know, one thing about Bob McGinn now, Bob McGinn goes back a long, long time. He's always had information. He's he's done a great job of, of cultivating people within the league and getting information. He's, you know... A lot of Wonderlick tests have come out of Bob McGinn, and that's his job, right? He, that's what he does. I think what, where, when you study all the testing, what you have to do is you've got to study the test, right? So the one thing we do know about the S20, S2 is that if they say it's bad, it doesn't get any better. If they say it's good, that doesn't mean it's good. Okay. You follow me? Yeah. So you, you do all this testing. Like we do this thing called a TAP, which is a psychological profile of every player, and you get graded in five areas. That tap, after we've been doing this since 1991, that tap, you kind of have an idea of what a model looks like. For example, you can change a player's work habits. You can't change his competitiveness. So like Jalen Carter, his work habits are not good, but he's competitive. So that gives you a sense of hope. Like we can kind of get this guy straightened out. We just got to get him to work harder. Very good. Okay, uh, give us a rumor or two that you're absolutely not buying that you've heard, I don't know, this morning, last night, whenever. I, I, the rumor I heard, and I talked to a, a head coach yesterday, and he said that he thinks there'll be four quarterbacks picked in the top 10. I, I, and I said, I don't buy that. I don't buy that one. But it could happen. I mean, I'm not going to be surprised by anything. Because, again, it's yeah. beauty in the eye of the beholder. I wouldn't pick them, but that doesn't make me right. That doesn't right, make right. them wrong. I mean, this is what it, it's an exact science. The other thing I think we'll see is some veteran players get traded. I do think we'll see... Uh, We'll see DeAndre Hopkins get traded. I think the Beckham deal kind of tied that up. I think he was they won a third-round pick for him. But the problem is, is when the Beckham deal came in at $15 million, you know, Hopkins is like, well, I mean, I'm better than him. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, play, I have played, uh, uh, actually. Yeah. So, and then Dalvin Cook, I think. I think he okay. could easily be on the block. I think you could see a movement there. Wouldn't surprise me if he ended up in Miami. Where could, oh, okay. Miami. Where could Hopkins go? I was thinking Buffalo. Buffalo makes sense. Oh. They need a slot. Yeah. Remember last year when McKenzie was good two years ago? They were yeah. good, and then McKenzie fell off a cliff, and then they had to go back to Cole Beasley. Remember Beasley was good for him in the slot. Uh. I, I think that makes sense. I don't know what they'd have to give up, but he's an expensive number. Could he go to the Chiefs? I think he could go to the Chiefs. If the Chiefs had the cap room, they can massage his. Look, the Chiefs have no problem taking on guys from other teams that have problems. They, they kind of manage them. 
I mean, Andy Reid does a really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, you know, if, for example, Chris Jones. The reason he's a second round pick is everybody's scared of him. Are they scared of him now? Only when he plays. Right, right. Well said. Yeah, that's the problem. Okay. Are uh, you on board with us getting two running backs tonight in the first round? Yeah, I think so. Gibbs is going to go? I, I think the problem is the, after, after 17, we're really in the second round. We're really in the second round. We call it the first round, but yeah. we're really, it's second round value. Uh, Richardson, 18 to Tampa. Are you really buying their sold on Trask and Baker? I mean, No, when... I'm not buying that. I think if they got to get Richardson, they might have to move up. But okay. we, one thing we do know is quarterbacks tend to slip. But every time I say that, then somebody tells me four going in the top ten. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. We'll find out from Michael Lombardi coming up next what he thinks the Packers will do at 13 and the Jets could do at 15 after their uh, Aaron Rodgers deal this week finally came in. And also, how good could guys like Stenson Bennett and maybe Jake Hayner be? This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Lot to bet on the next 30 days for a limited time. You can subscribe to VEASAN, only $9.99. Kentucky Derby coming up. NBA, NHL playoffs continue. A recap of every play, every host, every guest, and the betting splits. Sign up now, $9.99, VEASAN.com, slash subscribe. Get up there. It's good to have you on board. It is NFL Draft Day. Mitch, Pauly, Michael Lombardi for the next 30 minutes here, live from the Circus Studios in downtown Las Vegas, what are the Colts going to do with the number four overall pick? Longtime NFL man and uh, current Colts radio host Rick Venturi joins the program here. Good morning, sir. Thanks for the time today. How are you? Hey, how you guys doing? Very exciting time, uh, to put it mildly. I'm, I'm a little bit embarrassed uh, with my credentials and being right in the middle of the Colts thing tonight here. I do the radio part of it. Um, I think I could probably help you more on the Derby next week than I could on this on this crap shoot. I I, I like <laughs> I like Tappa tries and two fills, but I when you get when you get to this thing, I mean, I think the problem really is a nobody really knows what two and three are going to do, um, and I, I think the biggest problem that you have in the quarterback position is that you have reasons to uh, to to take any one of the four or five, and then you have equal amount of reasons to reject all four or five. And I think that's the problem you're looking at. And then uh, you don't have a bunch of generational players, position players um, that you're going to go with. I mean, probably the two best are, you know, Will Anderson, of course, and, um, and Robinson, the running back who, you know, is in a very devalued position. And so it is, it's really a crapshoot, and I, I, I just can't imagine that Arizona stays at three. Uh, I think somebody comes up there for a quarterback, and it's really kind of hard to believe that, you know, that, that Houston will not take a quarterback. You know, they've got a, a solid kid in Mills, but he has a 33 QBR. So, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean that, that's the reality of it. So, you know, you know I think, the, you know, and, and, of course, Mike, who – Mike, who really shaped a lot, Mike Lombardi and, and Bill Belichick actually shaped me for the for my future after the two years in Cleveland, really were so great with prototype drafting, and I learned so much from those two guys at that point. Nobody really did it better. But I think one of the things that's really critical here is your staff. Um, your staff, you know, whoever you take, really has to have schematic flexibility. In other words, they've got to be able to adapt 
to the type of quarterback because they're all a little bit different. And then they have to have the painstaking ability to develop, to set, you know, formationally the pre-snaps, the play action, because all these guys have processing issues. And the Sunday game is 100% opposite (laughs) of the Saturday game. It's not even close. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, those two things are probably going to be as big issues as who you take. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, look – you know, when Shane Steichen gets the job, Rick, you know, it's is it the six-back offense? Would they take Richardson there? You know, because he is a six-back yeah. type guy, yeah. you know. And can you yeah. – you know, my question is, and I, I, can you play Richardson as a rookie? Like, it's just well, so raw. Yeah, that's that's good. That's the, the $64,000 question, you know. Is is Minshew the, the bridge over the uh, Indianapolis Canal, or is he the bridge over the – New Orleans poncho train. I mean, I <laughs> I think with Richardson, he's a little bit longer, a little bit more like the Howard Franklin down there in Tampa. But yeah. um, you know, I the other thing though is I really, if you take a franchise quarterback, Mike, I don't think you can wait forever. I don't I don't mean you have to be ready opening day, but I think you and I both know that what you learn by watching is you just learn how to be a really good watcher. Yeah, and at some point you have to, you know, as Pittsburgh did with Pickett. At some point, you have mm-hmm. to put a guy in there, and you have to, if it's Richardson, you're going to have to structure it. I will say this, that Steichen and his staff have worked with different guys from Stafford to Rivers to Herbert um, to Hertz, uh, and actually recently Murray at Arizona. So that's, that's a portfolio of five guys that are all very, very different. So I'm a little confident that that system won't necessarily dictate the pick, but if you do, if you do take yeah, Richardson because of his uh, unicorn tools, and actually it's three, not five, but if you take him, then you're gonna have to go with the Philly offense. There's no question about that. Which is, you know, the the, the quarterback is it's quarterback centric from a running game. I mean, he becomes the twelfth man. He becomes the guy that makes you play honest on the edges you've got to have guys up there in the red zone he's the game breaker um and then i I do say i will say this for sirianni and steichen i i think of all the offenses that i've seen in the evolvement including baltimore i think they did the very best job of utilizing what a kid coming out of the ncaa and who's a really great athlete can do all what you know what we used to refer to as the quarterback designers they're all there and they did a great job of utilizing Hurts on that but they also developed enough not you know not a ton but enough NFL passing concepts that I think they became the best dual purpose offense in utilizing that type of guy now there is no question that Hurts was much further along you know, he played for the general down there. You know what that means in Tuscaloosa, played <laughs> at Oklahoma. I mean, won national championships. Well, you know he was a, he's a very intelligent guy, great processor. And I, and I think he was a more refined passer, uh, actually, than Richardson coming out. But we're talking about uh, types here and adaptations. And, you know, basically you have to go – uh, that way, if if you do it, and and again, it's a it's a change. And the other thing that Philly had to do to really win is they had to compliment him, which was the great trade of getting AJ Brown along with yeah. Smith on the outside, and then Goddard inside, which is really a 
you know, a Bermuda Triangle of skill, but particularly those guys on the outside because that concept, that quarterback-centric concept forces you to play nine to the box and gives you a ton of one-on-one. And that's what you have to do with him. And then you're going to have to get in formations and play action where you simplify the processing because, you know, and and I don't, I'm not talking about validation of test scores. We've been through that, Mike, but he's only played 13 games. So it's just, it's not there. Rick, two minutes. If the Houston goes defense, who's the pick for the Colts? If Houston goes defense, the pick for the Colts, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I, I think you got to still understand what is the number three pick. Okay, I, I think because I, I, th- I think that could very well happen. But then Arizona holds all the keys, so you may be taking your second pick, or you may, you, you know, you might be taking your third pick. Personally, I'd like to see him get up to three and take the guy that he ranks, whatever that is, number two. Um, and I can't really tell you. I, I really can't tell you. I think that they're intrigued with Richardson. I really do with his uh, uh, unicorn wow. tools. But then there's a consistency factor that they like in Stroud. So, again, uh, I wish I, I'm a little bit embarrassed that I can't really pick this for you. But after, this is my 41st draft, if you can believe that. <laughs> yeah. And this is this is a crazy one at the top. The, 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 the stories my man could tell about that cult draft room with Robert Ursay in that room would be, we don't have enough time. We don't have enough time to kind of do it. I I think those are so priceless. And he and I have seen this change dramatically where the owner, and I think Jim Ursay is, is really influencing this. Don't you think so, Rick? Well, you know, I think, I think in this case, I think he's going to hand it over to them. And I hope inevitably that this pick is Steichen's because the guy that is going to be the most accountable is Steichen here. Steichen has got to have fallen in love. And at the end of the day, because you have you have uh, assets and liabilities on each guy, at, at the end of the day, Mike, it comes down to who did you really fall in love with, like Gruden says all the time. Who do you fall in love with in this situation? And to me, that onus, because it's going to be him on the field, is Steichen. This has got to be Steichen's call. All right. So if you had to bet on it right now, ultimately, Rick, the pick is going to be who tonight at number four? Uh, you know what? I I th- I'll, I'll just I'll just take a long shot on uh, Richardson. Wow. Okay. Oh, Very good. Wow. Rick Venturi, longtime NFL Great man, job, uh, Colts awesome. Radio Network. Thanks so much for the time today. Awesome, we Rick. That. Thank you, buddy. Be in touch. All right, guys. Have a good one. Now that would send shockwaves. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, the way he laid it out, I think, is really important to understand. So what he was trying, what he was saying was, you got to have a plan for the guy you draft, right? You just can't, and, and I think he said it really well about Philadelphia. Like, I was not a Hurts guy, but they created an offense. I called it the six-back offense, but they created an offense that highlighted. He made, he made one really, he made a lot of great points, but the one point that I think comes out of that is the Eagles never play from behind, so they don't have a drop-back pass game. They don't need it. If they did, Hurts might not be as good. Yeah, great point. Up next, more with Michael Lombardi here on Follow the Money. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Brought up the Eagles. We have to get into that team tonight. They have two first-round picks currently sitting at number 10 at number 30. But a a lot of rumors are suggesting they could trade up. Offensive line, defensive line, is Michael buying that rumor? We're going to ask him coming up here on VEASAN.
It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.